Hello again, Broncos country. Kev Dan here for another Orange Weekly postgame podcast. As we all know, the Broncos dropped 0-2 on the season day after losing to the Steelers on the road 26-21. Tanner and I are going to break that down for you and talk about uh, the notable injuries that we've had today and uh, what we think of those uh, and the early news coming out of that, uh, as well as just look at some of the bright spots that we've seen from today's game and the improvements we've seen from week one to week two. If you're listening to this, we really appreciate all of your support. Uh, you guys are awesome, and we do all of our podcasts and shows uh, purely for, for you guys. So go ahead and hit that like button for us. If you don't mind giving us that five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us, uh, that goes a long way for us. It really helps us out a ton. Uh, and if anything, we just want to know what you guys think about the podcast. So giving us any feedback at all uh, is much, much appreciated. So with that being said, let's start breaking down the game. Tanner and I are going to do that. So kick back, relax, and enjoy this post game podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. What is going on, Broncos country? Tanner Lee here with the godfather of Orange Weekly, Kev Dan. We're going to recap the Broncos' excruciating, painful, maddening, emotional, <laughs> saddening, I don't know, I'm running out of words, 26-21 to 21 loss at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kev Dan, another quick loss. So, yeah, I don't want to sound – people are going to hate me for sounding overly optimistic. And first off, let me just get it out there that – this hurts. This sucks. I'm angry. I'm angry at the football gods. I'm angry at the, uh, you know, the injury gods. And this is a bunch of bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yep. Let me just get that You're out no there. Sure coding it. Nope. However, I think 90% of the bad news revolves around the, the couple, you know, the third and second, and then the fourth and second. No, they're, they're at the end of the game. Uh, and then a couple things like, um, who is it? O- Omegia. I can't never say his name right. Yeah, um, yeah, the rookie corner. Mm-hmm. And nothing that he was doing wrong necessarily. No, just, he's just a rookie and they're picking on him. And, exactly. And, he's got to learn as the season goes on. And you know, he's not five yards behind these guys. He's just half a step behind them. And so exactly. But the the good things that we are seeing are I mean, our run game show our run defense and run game even really kind of showed up to play. I think we were looking pretty decent. And then even after Drew Locke went down, and this is a whole nother discussion, we're gonna have to wait for news on Drew Locke's specific situation, other than just he's gonna be out two to six weeks weeks, which is what is it? Is it two weeks or six weeks? Because it's exactly. a very different conversation. And, and you know? The test the test might show something completely different. We have we have I no idea. So, so. I, yeah. So anyway, I, I think that there's a lot of good things to talk about. Obviously, at the end of the day, the scoreboard and the win-loss column are, are the things that we really care about, right? But when we're looking at such a banged-up team in week two with a very young, very new offense, very new playbook with uh, on the offensive side of the ball there, the, this team gave the Steelers, who are very healthy, if not completely healthy, and incredibly experienced with Big Ben that we gave them a run for their money, man. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the the first two games, of course, they're close losses, you know, just a few plays here and there, and we come out on the right side of victory. But we lost to two teams that are 
most likely going to make the playoffs. Yeah. The Titans and the Steelers. These are two good football teams, two of the better football teams in the AFC. So I don't think all's lost here. I mean, they're nope. not, the Broncos are very, very close. And that's what's kind of maddening because it feels like it's been this way for four years now. Yeah. I, I actually read something just before we started recording that since the start of 2018, the Broncos have been in the most games decided by five points or less in the NFL. That's 16 of them. Since the start of 2018, start of 2018, the record is six and ten in those games, mm-hmm. and, and that's just so frustrating because they're so darn close. I mean, I really believe this is a good football team, a football team that's going to get better, but they got to get healthy. Yeah, and sometimes, unfortunately, you have years like that, but it feels like they've had a couple of years like that, and it's just out of our control. It's out of their control. Yeah, and it's just, it's just maddening. But but like you said, I do think there are some good takeaways from today that we, we can talk on yep and, and really quickly on your point before we start actually breaking stuff down you know yeah we've been in those close games uh and it feels like this has been going on forever right but we're in a kind of a different situation a lot of teams know hey this is we are starting to rebuild we've lost a ton of good players you know they've retired we've moved on from them it's very clear that we are in a full-blown re uh, rebuild phase we're going to go through the draft. It's going to take several years to get there, but we're going to get there eventually. We've had this four-ish year period after Peyton Manning where it's like, we're are we in a rebuild? Mm-hmm. We're not really in a rebuild. John Elway doesn't like saying that thing and through our drafting, but we're mostly signing free agents. And so it's there was no progress during those four years because we were not, at least John Elway and company, were on in the mentality of rebuild. And it's only really until this year a little bit last year, but really this year, it's like, this is the rebuild year. This is where we're starting. Mm -hmm. So a lot of teams don't have that four or five year period where they're kind of in limbo. So it's extra frustrating for us because we're sitting here saying it's the same thing over again, but it's really not based off of where we're going forward from here. Exactly. And and it's frustrating too, because I feel like fans outside of Broncos country don't understand exactly how close the Broncos are. They just see the final score. You know, after the game, I got a text message from one of my buddies who's a Dolphins fan. He goes, well, our team suck again. I'm like, hold, hold on up. a second. Hold up. Your like, team does. Ours. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> I was like, how many teams can in the league can win without their starting quarterback, their best wide receiver, their best defensive player, the number one corner out, number two running back who basically splits carries? I don't think too many, if any can win how is this not a a very good team on the road i figured once lock went out i was like this is going to be like a 31 to 10 game easy and and i thought it was going that direction we were down 14 i believe at halftime Uh, just kind of looked lifeless for a while but i give them credit they dug their claws in and just fought as hard as they could in the second half came up a little short like we're going to get into but uh they could have just laid down and it could have got real ugly but um, they keep yeah. fighting. So I think that's a testament, testament to some of the leaders on the team and the coaching staff. And, and the and coaching staff. Yeah. I think 100%. the coaching staff a lot of flack oh, on Twitter. Are. I didn't realize we had so many guys who are eligible to be head coaches in the NFL on Twitter, but I, I saw <laughs> that today. Um, I thought the coaching staff, honestly, in, until those the third and two, fourth and two, yeah, we can we can debate about that, but I thought the I thought Fangio and um, Pat Shermer did a heck of a job today. I really did. I do too. I you put any other coaches back there with that situation, and uh, you know I just don't see how 
any other team really could have given the the Steelers there a run for their money like we did. I mean, we were we were really close to not only just catching up, but getting in the lead there at the end of the mm-hmm. game. And I know I was sitting there saying that this game is over, you know, going into halftime. I was like, there's just no way. Absolutely. Uh, but then we were, and it was fun to watch these guys. Uh, obviously not as fun as it could have been, but. <laughs> but but it could have been a lot worse. I mean, we, we literally, like I said, we could have just laid down and it could have been disastrous. And then we could have been going into Tampa Bay feeling, oh, we don't, we have no chance at all. But um, fought back on in there and at least we're competitive. I guess let's talk about the big thing on everybody's mind coming away from the game. And that is Drew Locke. We are uncertain right now on his health, like you like you mentioned earlier. Adam Scheffner reported it was an AC spring, but then I saw Mike Kliss is saying from sources he's hearing it's not an AC spring. They're gonna do more testing tomorrow. Is that does that mean it's a better diagnosis or bad? Or <laughs> as in like a broken collarbone, which right could be out a long, long time. Um, but but you know, even from the start of the game, I thought Drew was gonna take a beating because he for whatever reason, he really wanted to hang on to the ball really long today and try to make the big play. Yeah. I kept thinking, you can't do this against this defense. They're going to smack you around. Yep. And unfortunately on the play, he got hurt. He should have got rid of the ball, thrown it away. Something. Something. But uh, he didn't feel the guy behind him. Guy put a good hit on him. Right when he hit the ground, I saw him reach for a shoulder. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Then he got up and his arm was kind of hanging. I'm like, yeah, that's a shoulder injury. There it is. There it is, right? Oh. Yeah, and I was expecting a lot, a lot more of the, just those short passes or the mm-hmm. quick passes at least, you know. Look, with TJ Watt on their side and everything and matched up against Elijah Wilkinson, look, that is oh. a huge mismatch. You've got to know that they're going to be bringing the pressure from you pretty much all day long. Uh, and we saw the Steelers double down on that once Driscoll mm-hmm. went out, and that rightfully so. I think that was a good – uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it was a good game plan on their part, right? Sure. Uh, but they were already bringing the pressures. So mm-hmm. I get where Drulock was coming from, but I, I attribute that to some misjudgment as a rookie. Um, yep. I know you want to make the big play and you want to get the offense moving, but you've got to be smart about it. Yep. And when that pocket is collapsing, which it's happening within, what, one and a half, two seconds, if there's nothing there, you get rid of the ball. ball. You know, Don't hang on to it for that extra second trying to see if somebody gets open because by the time that happens, you're going to be on your butt you know, in this case with, with an injury. Yeah. And the maddening thing is the Broncos can't afford to go through another season, not knowing what they have in drew lock. And we're all so excited to see what can drew lock do. That's what's maddening about this injury. If he is out for a sustainable amount of time, we still don't really know what we have in him because this was only his seventh start. He's shown flashes. Sure. Yeah. But the Broncos need to find out this season, if this is the guy they want to put in the driver's seat going forward or if they need to reevaluate their options. So, and then Jeff, 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 wow. Jeff Driscoll comes in the game backup that the Broncos signed. Um, I believe he was on Detroit last year. He's been yeah. in the league a couple of years from the university of Florida. And I actually thought he played pretty well. I mean, he, Jeff Driscoll is a backup. He's yeah, not exactly. an everyday starter in the NFL. That's not his role. Um, he did hang on to the ball at times for too long. He missed some throws high. Um, I think he ended up getting him and Locke combined ended up getting sacked seven times, but that's the Steelers have led the league three years in a row in sacks. Like you said, they bring the yeah. pressure from all over the place. Um, his line struggled to protect him at times. Elijah Wilkinson did not have his best day, putting it lightly. Yeah. Um, Garrett Bowles, I thought, played decent. He did have one hold, he did. but um, it was on a run play. 
It was. Yeah. And that is rare to begin with. There's hardly ever any holding plays on run plays or holding calls on run plays. That's uh, a good point. It, he pretty much went an entire game and a half without any. And then that there's that one. So again, it's not like he's, I, I didn't see him reverting back to any old habits or anything. You know, I think he played pretty right. well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't really complain with this play through two games too much. Uh, Cushenberry had a few moments today. I mean, but once again, it's a rookie. Ricky yep. Center, he got pushed around a little bit, but uh, I loved what Dalton Reisner was saying after the game. He was he was pissed off. He was not happy with the performance of the offensive line. Said it's unacceptable. We got to get in. We got to clean this up. We got to fix this. I love hearing a second year player take leader a leadership role like that yeah. and say those types of things. Um, but going back to Driscoll, I thought he played pretty well. He did have an interception, but that ball went off Cortland Sutton's hands. Um, and then Sutton actually got hurt making that tackle on that play. That's where yep. he hurt his knee. He's getting tests tomorrow. So not only did he have, does he have the bum shoulder going on, now he's got a knee, just one thing after another with him. I want to pull my hair out right playing, now. He was playing well when he was in the game. He made a couple of good catches. Um, I mean, he, he just looks like a stud out there, but we just can't keep him healthy. Um, but then Driscoll found Noah Fant for a touchdown, which I want to get the ball to Noah Fant as much as we can. I mean, yeah. As long as he catches the ball, which he hasn't really had a drop problem through two games yet this year. He's been dynamite with the ball in his hands. He's a mismatch problem. Um, and then Mel- he also hit Melvin Gordon on a wheel route for a touchdown, which I love using Melvin Gordon that way because that's a strength of his, catching the ball in the back of the backfield, which I thought Melvin had a pretty good game, especially in the first quarter. He was running really well. Then the Steelers kind of made some adjustments on him. But for having uh, his first game as a Bronco where the load mm-hmm. was all on his shoulders, I thought he played pretty well. Yeah. Um, so, so really, I thought Driscoll, Driscoll, geez, I'm going to struggle with saying his name. Driscoll <laughs> played well given the circumstances. I mean, that's always tough for a backup to come in yeah. with a limited an amount of snaps and reps throughout the week in practice. Now, next week against Tampa Bay, when he gets all the reps in practice and Tampa Bay has more tape on him now in the Broncos offense, we'll see what he can do. But we'll worry about mm-hmm. that come Sunday. Yeah, I think, you know, we could all pretty much agree. Look, the, the the role of a backup quarterback is to not lose the game. They're not going out there to try to win the game for you. They just don't want to make anything worse, you know. But you know, I think that's why you saw him. He he let himself get sacked a couple times. It's because he didn't want to throw a bad ball and get it intercepted. He didn't want to try to roll out of the pocket and, you know, cause a fumble or something, you know. He yep. was doing exactly – what a backup quarterback should be doing. It's exactly what I would want him to be doing. Even then, yeah. you know, he, he did try to push him, some of the, the balls down the field. He did get the offense moving uh, quite a bit and driving down the field, and that was fun to see. So I'm not sitting here saying, well, we're doomed until we get Drew Locke back, or holy crap, we have to go find somebody out right away uh, and bring them on. You know, we'll, we'll see how the news progresses through the week and whatnot. Obviously, Driscoll will be the starter next week one way or the other. But yeah, I think he was doing what he was supposed to. Now, Noah Fant was – unheard of in the first half. Yep. Um, but then once we started throwing those, you know, some of those in, his, in the second half there to him, he got the touchdown and the two point conversion. Um, you know, he, yeah, he's a huge uh, just mm-hmm. talent source we have. And I was surprised we weren't using him more. Um, but once we started using him, I mean, it was helping us out tons. It was, it was kind, of, kind of the reversal from last week's game in which yeah. we were getting utilized a ton in the first half. Then we didn't see anything out of him in the second half. This week it was vice versa. Nothing in the first half, everything in the second. So maybe game three against Tampa Bay, we're going to see it Put all together. together. <laughs> he's got a whole good game. That's that's what I'm hoping for because so far he he's probably my MVP on offense. 
the oh. two games for the Broncos. I mean, he's I just fantastic. Um, no, it, I mean, but we can't talk about, you know, possible MVP on offense without mentioning Jerry Judy. You know, holy yes. crap. Yes. Um, he did have uh, <laughs> two balls go off his hands today, but he, he made a lot of good catches. The guy gets open. I mean, for a rookie yeah. in a second career game, it's incredible. I mean, his we've talked about it on last week's post game. His speed off the line is incredible. Guys can't keep up with him. So as long as he just gets his hands on the ball and can secure that thing with confidence, he's a force to be reckoned with. When he went down, and which was on a heck of a catch, by the way, mm-hmm. and he took a heck of a hit to the ribs. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Another one. Thankfully, he came back in the game and yeah. continued to make plays because the Broncos can't afford for him to go down as no. well. No, but I think if you ask me, it's very clear we struck gold with them. Uh, I have to go back and look exactly what catch it was, but uh, I believe it was in the third quarter there and uh, on the far sideline. And he caught the ball, and not only did he break the guy's ankles once, like within a second, he did it again in a different direction to another guy. You know, and he made what was probably a couple yards game and uh, gain into a first down just by, you know, the way he stops and then moves with that speed immediately after stopping is I, I don't even believe I'm watching a human sometimes. Oh, yeah. So you're right. It's changing directions. Insane. Once he gets the ball, you know, but not only can he get open, but once he has that ball, I mean, it's going to take a lot of work to get to him because you're probably going to miss him just mm-hmm. from the way he moves, you know? <laughs> And how about the other speedster, KJ Hamler, making his oh, NFL yeah. debut today? I thought he played pretty well. Um, he did have a couple rookie rookie uh, jitters. There was Standard. one kicker turn he brought out that he probably shouldn't have. Yeah. He got at the fifteen, but he'll learn. Um, I thought he played well, and and I mean to have those two on the field together at the same time, it's very exciting because that is speed and some more speed right there. Yeah. So I mean, if you ask me overall, my just talking about the stuff, I'm I'm happy. Obviously, oh, I'm not happy with the loss. And people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about, Kevin Dan? I- I'm not happy with the loss. But I'm sitting here and I'm not depressed. You know, like last year when we were losing these games with Flacco, it's like this is this is the best we're going to be. Yes. You know, and yeah, let's, you know, I was really hoping Drew Locke would be healthy so we could get him in there sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. And But that was our ceiling. Last year's team, that was the ceiling. We're sitting here saying this team is so young. We brought in Pat Shermer. Um We've brought in Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm hoping to eventually see Okawebunam out there. Um, but the talent we've brought in, this is this is the floor. We have so much room to grow, and we're I see it already from last week to this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because Broncos country, we love you. Of course, we think you're a great diehard fans. But 100. Some on Twitter, I think, are a little impatient at times. And that's what sports can do to us. It is hard to be patient, but this team is so young. This is the youngest offense in the NFL. The oldest guy on offense is Melvin Gordon at the age of 28. Um, I believe he's 28. Which um, I'm sitting here saying, I, yeah, oh, yeah, that's old. Wait, I'm yeah. I'm like 29, cough, cough, so I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I'm 29. 28, so that's right at my age. <laughs> but, uh, I, mean, I mean, this team is going to – get there they're gonna be good and that's why yeah we're we're, we're frustrated i would say with today's loss especially yes. with injuries because injuries are just frustrating but i'm not pissed off and doom and gloom and doom and gloom here we go again i'm still excited to watch this team play every week because they are young they're getting they got the playmakers they're getting the playmakers 
brand new offense, offense coordinator, Pat Shermer, like you said, the future is bright. Unfortunately, the future is not today. And today, exactly. in the present, we have to deal with these injuries and these speed bumps. And unfortunately, losses are starting to tally up. And the more you tally up early, the harder it's going to get to the postseason, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But I really think this team's got a bright future and they're heading in the right direction. It's just hard to see that sometimes in a loss. And I completely understand. Again, you you look at that win-loss column, we're 0-2, and it is disappointing. It's frustrating. We've all been dying for football to come back, and this isn't how anyone's team, you know, you want your team to go out and start. But for me, you got to look at the bigger picture. This is an honest, serious, start-from-scratch rebuild. And so if you're looking at what looking at the individual pieces, look, look, we essentially gave the Steelers run for their money just purely based off of talent mm-hmm. with all the players that went down and we're still learning this brand new playbook against the Steelers who are have such continuity and Big Ben and their playbook is essentially, you know, the same over the past however many years with just minor edits along the way is right. We were playing essentially based off talent alone. Yep, And we were able to play to that level. So if I'm looking one, two years down the road from now, I'm saying, I don't even know where the ceiling is. And that's what makes me excited. You know, yes, I get it. We didn't win today. I'm, I'm pissed about it too. It sucks. But if, you know, as a football fan, you're, you're watching the process happen in front of your eyes. And that, if you remember this a year or two years from now, you're going to be able to sit back and say, wow, I remember where this team was at the start of the 2020 season and holy crap, have we grown? Exactly. And in the, in the, the small mistakes, the rookie corners are making right now, or maybe Jerry Judy makes once in a while or KJ Hamler, they will grow in a year or two. We're going to look back. Those are plays they're making with their eyes closed, but that you got to get there first. You got to take your bumps in the NFL. Unfortunately, it's not always, you know, roses, I don't, know, I don't know what other comparison I'm looking for there, but and we look in our own division, the Chiefs. They look to be in good position for years to come with the young, dynamic, unbelievable quarterback Patrick Mahomes. And and today Justin Herbert for the LA Chargers looks like he's going to have a, I mean it's one start, but it looks like he's got a promising future. So the Broncos are putting themselves in position, getting some young guys so they can be right there with those teams. But it takes some hurdles to get there. It and takes some pain. And it takes it, time. It, it, growing pains. And I think that's just mm-hmm. kind of what people forget sometimes because the NFL is such a win now league. But if you do it right, do the process right, it can pay dividends in the end. And I think the Broncos are doing it the right way. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about, yeah, maybe we go seven and nine this season, you know, uh, we can go six and 10. I yeah. get it. There's only 16 games a season and, and we are just dying to, to see those, those W's add up there. Right. But I, I don't want a team that's good for just this year. No. Yeah, that's what John Elway was trying to do over those past three or four seasons. Let me just get a couple extra pieces, yep. and, and we're going to be good again. Yep. And that wasn't the case at all. So I don't want a team that's good for one year. No. I would rather go through a couple really hard seasons as they get better together, and we keep adding those those pieces along the way to really build this up. And now we're good for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd rather want. So, you know, I, I get it. You go out there on Twitter and and you yeah, oh my God, this sucks! Fire everybody. Yeah. That's not that is one hundred percent not the right answer. That is one hundred one hundred percent not what's going to happen. Uh, and so 
I could just say it over and over again, but I'm excited to be watching this process happen in front of my eyes. Yeah, we, we could sound like a broken record on this podcast, but I think it's just a, a there's some points like that we really want to drive home with everybody. Um, but with that said, I guess um, game balls. Who do you give a game ball to on the offensive side of the ball today? Or Oof. game balls if you want to give out more than one. Um, you know, I tried to pick something that's not obvious um, or that somebody wouldn't just go to right off the bat. Um, I think an obvious one I'm going to steal him from you is Jerry Judy. Sure. I think that goes, that goes a long way. Right. Um, man, you know what offense? I'm going to, I'm going to say Garrett Bowles. Yeah, I like it. You, you know, this is two games in a row. He's played really well. I'm, I'm waiting for the pro football focus grades to come out, <laughs> but the left side was pretty steady all day long. You know, mm-hmm. the, the pressure was more from the middle and the right side. Uh, but it, it didn't ever seem like anything really got through Garrett Bowles and was the, the leading sack or, you know, um, was kind of leading pressure. So I'm going to say Garrett Bowles is my big one, and I can't believe I'm saying that. I had to actually think about it for two seconds um, because I was like, am I really going to say this? But I, I think it's warranted. Sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys you can actually pick from today. I mean, Jeff Driscoll was 18 for 34 for 256 yards, two touchdowns. Yes, he had that one pick like we talked about that went off Corlin's hands, and he got sacked six times, but some of those he couldn't have got the ball off if he wanted to. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 19 carries for 70 yards, and he also had a receiving touchdown. Royce Freeman, three carries for 20 yards. It was nice to see him kind of step in and and do backup role for for the time being until Phil Balenzi gets healthy and contributes. Uh, K.J. Hamler, three catches, 48 yards, one rush for nine yards. Noah Fant, four catches for 57 yards and a touchdown and two-point conversion. Jerry Judy, four catches for 62 yards. Cortland Sutton had three catches for 66 yards. That is just maddening that he couldn't be on the field longer. Dude, he had over a hundred yard game, easy. easy, probably 120 plus. So, um, but I am going to take the easy route out. I'm going to go Noah Fan again. I think that's, that's too weak. But uh, no. you can make a case for any of those guys, really. Yeah, easily. No, this is a, uh, um, you know, reading those stats. You know, you're just saying, hey, if we if we play that every week and we get start getting these starters back healthy, I mean. You, what can this offense not do? <laughs> you know exactly, and and you know I, I and I don't think a lot of people are realizing the loss of Philip Lindsay, how much that hurts too today. Because Melvin Gordon, I mean, nineteen carries, quite a bit. When you're, I mean, I don't know what we're thinking he's going to average for the Broncos every game, but uh, I was thinking more of the fifteen at tops, and then yeah. Lindsay also gets similar number, maybe about ten carries or so. So, uh, I mean, they, he was out there a lot today. and uh, mm-hmm. But but also, Royce, like I said, I thought he did well for a limited action. So Yeah, sure. How about on the defense side of the ball? Defense side of the ball. What about uh, Casey? He's, yeah. He had a pretty phenomenal game stepping up there. And, again, that's, you know, those positions you don't hear much about unless they're doing really terribly or if they're doing incredibly well. And we heard his name called a couple of times today. So I think he's a great pickup from the Titans, and it's everything that we expected him to be. Uh, But if he continues to play at that level as well, I mean, that's just something the defense can continue to grow around as well. Yeah, three tackles, um, three solos, one assist, and then he had a couple passes batted down, which I really Mm -hmm. like to see. That 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 seems like he has a knack for that, which is great. Um, I'm going with Justin Simmons. I thought he – Kind of a rough game last week, so it was great to see him bounce back today with seven tackles and an interception that he darn near took to the house. Yep. I mean, he – That was pretty. He's an elite safety, and I sure hope the Broncos 
can come to agreement with him and keep him a part of Broncos country for a long time. If not, somebody's got somebody else has got to get a heck of a player. Deal. I, I can't see why we wouldn't. John Elway yeah. knows we have to keep him. Oh, he's too valuable. I mean, yeah. he's not only a great player on the field, he's a great leader. He's a great asset in the community. Um, he's just a guy you want on your football team. Yep. Um, I also could have gave it to um, a few of the other defensive back. I mean, well, not defensive back, but A.J. Johnson had eight tackles today, six solo, two assists. I mean, he just doing what he's a tackle machine. Yeah. Just doing what he does. I thought Bryce Callahan played pretty good today. He did. Um, I think he had ended up with four tackles, four solos, one assist, but it just seemed like he was kind of flying around the field a lot more than he did last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kareem Jackson, fumble recovery today, which was nice to see. Um, that was kind of when I gave the Broncos some momentum because that's mm-hmm. when I was kind of feeling like we were feeling kind of lifeless then and needed, needed a spark. And it helped with Snell fumbling there and, and he getting on it. So I, Casey might have popped that one out. I, I don't remember who forced the fumble. Mm, I have to look. I can't yeah. remember. But, uh, but another guy who's quiet again today is Bradley Chubb. Was pretty yeah. quiet. Yeah. And, and I have to go back and look. I don't know if they're just, you know, putting two guys on him uh, to slow him down and take away that side of the pass rush. But even then, Malik Reed, it doesn't seem like too, too much is going through. Uh, no. Only one we still got pressure on, on Roethlisberger a couple times there, but it didn't seem to be from any one specific person consistently. Yeah, yeah we got one sack, and I thought, you know, listen to pregame on 850 KOA today, I thought that was going to be uh, strength the Broncos could could u- utilize as their pass rush against a kind of banged up, put together makeshift put-together offensive line of the Steelers because they were missing a couple starters. And their offensive yep. line, even though they beat the Giants pretty easily last week, their offensive line didn't look that great against a very so-so Giants defense. And it just didn't really come together today for the Broncos. Like you said, we got some pressure now and then, but we'd like to see more than one sack. Um, but they did force one uh, one interception. Should have been two. Um, Should have got bent twice. Mm-hmm. Dropped an in interception in the end zone, which is always kind of maddening. But uh yeah, but big big Ben at the end of the day still threw for over three hundred yards. Uh, James Conner actually ran for over hundred, but a lot of that was on that last first down of the game. Yeah. Um, so um, for the most part, I thought the Broncos' run defense did pretty good against a power runner, which they usually struggle against those type of runners. But uh, right, did end up getting over hundred yards. But I thought the, the defense def- definitely played well enough to win the game. Two weeks in so, a row. I mean, we can agree that the performance from both sides of the ball. Uh, from last week to this week has been improved, right? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, and, and yeah, we would like to score more than 21 points. Don't get me wrong, but we scored <laughs> hey, 21 points with a, a lot of injuries, including our starting quarterback yeah. against the elite defense. That is yeah. a top five, if not top three NFL defense. They, some could argue it's the best right now. That is a really good defense mm-hmm. and had that for the last three years. And to score 18 points alone in the second half when we it's were down 14, Kudos now, to that. If I have to, game. yeah, hundred percent. And if I had to kind of mention something that is what I'm thinking is a huge focus that the team really needs to address is the open field tackles, especially yeah, on special yeah, teams. Yeah, I mean, there was the one kick return that I think the guy missed five or six, or yeah. we missed five or six tackles on him, and he just kind of ran past and. You know, he was like, oh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. So it's like, why is that a problem on special teams? And special teams has been plaguing us with problems over the last, I mean, oh, years now. Yeah. So why is, yeah. 
what is what's the problem with hey see that guy hit him bring him down and i know i'm not a football player it's not as easy as that i get it but it's just like what is what are we missing you know and i understand the a lot of teams are struggling with tackling right now because there just hasn't been there wasn't any preseason games there's been less contact than ever before i can believe that but still i mean you got to figure it out because tackling is so key in football as as we all know mm-hmm. and uh and, and i'm glad you brought that up because it also makes me bring up another point uh the steelers had a i don't remember if kick return or punt return touchdown that got called back yeah okay. either a hold or a block in the back and the steelers had a lot of penalties that they hurt themselves particularly on like third down a few times we mm-hmm. did convert but the steelers got a pass interference call or a defensive holding or, or something of that nature that helped us out a lot. And, right. and so, so that was nice to see us not lose the penalty battle, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like you said, the, yeah, when's the special team's going to get cleaned up? Uh, McManus, he hit two of three field goals. And I know I understand the one he missed was from 58, but I'd love to see him go a game where he goes three for three or four for four again. Right. Get the confidence going, hit, hit a long one like that. Cause I feel like it's been a long time since he's hit a long one. Um, yeah. And then um, Sam Martin dropped the ball on a snap that ended up being a safety that looking back on it was a pretty big play in the game. Yeah. Um, looking back on it. But, yeah, I mean, I understand that stuff happens. Unfortunately, it was in a spot. just couldn't happen in the end zone. Um, but not sure what happened there. I mean, it looked like a good snap to me on the replay. Just hit him in the hands and, and he dropped it. But uh, besides that, so, I thought he counted it pretty well today. It's, you know, you dropped that safety. That would have made it 21 21- 24 and if McManus had got that touchdown that'd been tied game right there right now there's a ton of other things that go into that right but it's fun those special teams plays you know just added to what the offense needed to get done and you know McManus definitely had the leg on it just not the accuracy so uh, he can do it I mean we just have four more years but we just need these guys to find a way to be more consistent and I get I get the no tackling thing during Austin, but there was no excuse for that. The last three, four, five years, we've had that problem. So I, I can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, well, that's our excuse this year. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, that's been a problem for us for a while, guys. <laughs> yep. It, and it goes back to, I mean, we're, you know, just doing little things here and there, and we're barely losing. You just clean up those little things here and there, and, and, and we, we start winning with 2 0. That's crazy to that, think about, that's man. What, that's what's maddening. <laughs> I mean, it's that's what, does piss us off because we're yeah. so close, but yet we know the future is bright. And that's, that's kind of why maybe we have a more positive tone after a loss than we normally would, because I think, we, I mean, we realize we're, we're on the right path. I'm more, I'm honestly more upset about the injuries than the loss itself. hundred percent, hundred percent, because uh, it just feels like all my sports teams just lately, just, uh, I'm blaming on yeah. 2020. They're all just getting hurt. And they're just getting like, hurt. Well, all right, like can't do anything about it. It's just it's just mad. <laughs> it is, I'm, and like like we said um, on the podcast we did two weeks ago before the season started, it it was also going to be who can be lucky this year, who can yeah. stay healthy, who's not going to get impacted by COVID, which luckily no teams really have to this date, but who can also stay healthy injury wise. And so far, the Broncos unfortunately are one of those teams that's on the wrong side of the injury bug. I think most most teams are though, but there are a couple lucky ones like the Steelers, and it's either a matter of time, um, you, you know, or they just find a way to stay healthy, and that's gonna that's gonna play dividends when it gets to the end of the season. There, absolutely. I mean, the a lot of teams that make the playoffs are probably gonna be the ones that weren't 
Ridden it by the dog at all. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I got one question for you, and I think I know your answer, but but I'm curious. Seen a lot of chatter on Twitter, and I knew this was going to go happen. Gonna happen the moment Drew Locke went down. What do you think the Broncos should do in the meantime until Drew Locke comes back? Should they roll with Jeff Driscoll and promote Brett R- Brett Rippin Rippin up from the practice squad and somebody sign somebody else to the practice squad, or should they go? looking free agency land and there's a certain individual that every time there's an injured quarterback, his name comes up and that's Mr. Colin Kaepernick who hasn't played in the league in four, if not five years now, who was benched for his play, who was yes. beat out by Blaine Gabbert. I'm just, just making that. I'm, I'm not but trying to, no. but I'm his, trying to his teammates that. is exactly what his teammates said. So, so yeah. what, what do you think they should do? I guess going forward. So, and we don't know how long so, injured you do Yeah, and this goes back to my comment earlier is, you know, when they say Drew Locke is out for two to six weeks. Well, hold on. These are two very different scenarios and very do, two different conversations. Is it two weeks or is it six weeks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and one thing I remember is with the COVID procedures, if we brought somebody on Monday, they wouldn't play next week. They would maybe be able to play in the week after that. And they're okay? going to learn the offense. And they have to learn the offense and they're not really going to be able to practice with the team at all next week. Nope. And then their first, you know, practice with the team is the practice leading up to that next game. So you're already looking at game. short week. Yeah. And it's a short week. So you're talking about, we're, we're not going to, if we bring somebody in tomorrow, mm-hmm. they're not going to play until the Patriots game on the, on October 11th. Yep. And at that point we're halfway through the six week window. Yep. So either way, <sighs> It doesn't make sense. Why would you, why are you going to bring somebody in to give them a few weeks to learn the playbook uh, and then cut them loose again, where over the next essentially two games, three games, it's going to be uh, um, Driscoll. Mm-hmm. I can't see Rippy and uh, Rippy will come up, up to be the backup. Right. Sure. But I can't see him taking over at this point, unless it's six plus weeks, there's no real conversation about bringing anybody in. Um, and, and I mean, anybody. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. So it, it's, if it was, if it was not, if there was one, wasn't any COVID stuff going on. You're saying we could sign one, someone tomorrow, have them full week practice and, you know, get them on board, but that's not the case. And you're right with the short, the th- Thursday night game, that short week um, in the following week from now. Yeah. You're talking about, October 11th is when the, the first time they would play. And that's when we're going to be really talking about Drew Locke coming back soon. So period out the end. If you're posting that on Twitter, no, it's not going to happen. We're Thank not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> For those reasons that we have mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he hasn't played a football game in five years. And the last time it was, he was a backup. You bring him in. He's not going to be ready for like four or five weeks. Yeah. And then by that time, Drew Locke is back. back by then. Yeah. Or darn near close a week away. Um, right. Hopefully anything more significant if so then that's a whole nother conversation and knock on wood right for somebody to bring them for competition there's a couple names that i don't even want to float out there yet because i hope hope hopefully we don't have to worry about that but uh, yeah i think that was the, bit, the biggest concern in broncos country tonight is what is the health of drew lock and we should find that out tomorrow when they do more tests and the health of Cortland sutton which i wasn't really too concerned about i thought it was just his shoulder again until after the game like oh it's his knee it's a different body part. Yeah. So. And I don't want to speculate. I'm going to wait for the, the, yep. oh. and overall, 
I think this is pretty much all coaches thought process right, right now. Um, if somebody gets banged up, don't wait till they're, wait till they're hundred percent to get back out. Do not rush them. Cause no. if you rush them out there, yeah, I know. Look, we've already played two games. We're on, we're on to week three now and we need to start winning games. Well, if they go down again and it's going to be, now it's a month long injury versus a two week injury, you're just digging yourself in more and more of a hole. So yeah, exactly. look, this is getting our, you know, the, the younger players, the even younger players, second, third stringers, uh, a lot of experience that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking about we're building depth. So, you know, yeah, I'm being overly optimistic in terms of how I'm viewing this. Right. But let's not rush these guys back. Let's make sure they're healthy. Let, this is a chance to see who's going to, who's going to uh, step up, mm-hmm. you know, when their name is called. And if they're not stepping up when their name is called no, Okay. Well now we kind of know, who we need to move on from this next off season um, or even before then. But uh, you know, we got to overcome and I think we adapted really well during this game. Yep. You know, people kept going down and it wasn't at no point where we were like, well, we don't know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> so, literally, they had a next man up mentality out there. And that's yeah. what you want to see because as we've seen, and we've always known injuries happen in the NFL. It's, it sucks, but it's, it's just part of the game and part of sports. And you just got to, I mean, that's why you're a team. That's why you carry 53 guys you believe in. Yeah. That can step up and, 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 and fulfill the role. So um, hopefully hopefully the guys start coming back because, I mean, I, I try not to look too far ahead. That's something this year I'm trying to look week by week. But I did glance at the schedule once they said lock could be out two to six weeks. Well, look at the next six weeks. You got Tampa Bay coming in next week. They're one-on-one. They haven't played all that great, but we also know at the moment's notice they could put together a complete game. They got the talent to do so, so we'll see. But Tom Brady struggles in Denver, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Then you got the short week, traveling to an East Coast team, which always makes me nervous in the Jets. But But it's the Jets. The Jets right now, I'm going to say, are the worst team in football as of right now. Right. And they are just not good. I think Adam (laughs) Gates is getting fired into the sun and probably never hired as a head coach again. And then the following week, we do stay stay out in the East Coast, um, schedules-wise, and we're at New England. It's New England. But it's a long week. But it's a long week. So. week extra extra preparation. Then we come back home and get the Dolphins winnable, definitely winnable. And then we get the Chiefs, who, of course, we, we know all about them. But if we can't get fired up for a home game against the Chiefs, we should be playing. Right. Then we get a bye week. So if we can get some of these guys back in and get healthy by that bye week, then it's a whole new season. And we get a couple, yeah. I mean, th- this team – you know, I, I don't want to talk too far down the road either here, but you know, I I'm excited to see what this team does when we're fully healthy, when we understand the playbook, when we're all on the same page, communicating well, we're, we're gelling on the field, you know, things are clicking, um, and yeah, that is going to be something to watch for. Um, and what sucks really for everybody, not just the Broncos, is right now. It's, it's kind of like the preseason, but yet it's meaningful because the wins and losses matter, but everybody's kind of getting their kinks out because there was no preseason and there's been yeah. less practices than ever before. So everybody's still kind of getting their footing, getting the sloppiness out of their system. Unfortunately, we're doing it with a brand new offense, brand new offense coordinator and injuries that are just keep piling on. Yep. And we almost beat the uh, almost AFC West or AFC champion, uh, and the Steelers, who are heavily a favorite in the playoff run there this year, um, who've been good for a while. So you look at that. You're looking at an organization that's had three coaches in the last 50 years. Who mm-hmm. does that? I mean, the Broncos have had 
four coaches in the last seven. So and people out there wanted to make it a fifth in the next seven and or in the last yeah. seven. No, no, Asians. no, no, Asians. <laughs> no. <Asians>. Bad Rocco <laughs> fan. Yeah, I really don't think going anywhere. He's going to be back next year. So patience. Trust me. Got the right guy. We got a defensive mastermind head coach. We got the right guy yeah. in place. It just everyone's working on it. It has some bad luck right now. Really. Oh yes. So it's gotta come together. Just be patient. We're doing well. Bottom line, yeah. I think we're doing well. It's not as well as we would hope, but we're not out there with like Joe Flacco last year and we just look atrocious across the board. It's frustrating to be 0 2. We can all agree on that, but we are way better than an 0 2 football team. And yep. we are just razor thin away from being 2 0. Yep. Yep. But with actual right. promise, like with it's actual great. legit promise that yeah. this can, we can get to that point. Exactly. So, so, so it's not all doom and gloom right now, Broncos country. It might feel that way with the injuries. And, but, um, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow and it's going to be a new week. We're going to find out the injury situation. We're going to go on from there and get ready for the Buccaneers. Yep. It's going to be a blue and orange sunrise and a blue and orange sunset. Uh, and God loves the Broncos. So, you know. I'd say better myself. Unless the sun comes up one day and it's like, you know, blue and uh, I don't know what the, or black and white. Like that's okay. Well, God has changed allegiances then to, to the Raiders hey, don't, don't and we have problems. It might be this year, so let's let's delete that from the podcast wherever not he gets bring that up as a scenario. So true, true. Um, but uh, no, it, it uh, it's it's there's brighter days ahead. That's I know yep. I sound like a broken record, but I'm still very excited in the direction this It's the message that we all gotta cling to right now, and i I'm fully on board. So just uh prayers to Drew Locke and all the Broncos healthy that or that are injured in, 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 in hoping they get a, have a healthy speedy recovery. So, yeah. hundred percent. I'm sure you got some stuff to plug for the, for the, for the brand. As always, man, as always. Hey, if you guys haven't done it already, uh, <laughs> if you haven't done it already, give us a five-star review. If you, if you can on Spotify, iTunes, Google play, uh, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us from, if you could uh, hit that uh, review button, give us a five-star review. Uh, again, we do this all for you guys and, uh, getting that those ratings back help us out a ton. Not just uh, um, you know making us feel good, but helping us you know know what you guys are liking and not liking. Sending us sending us messages and comments about ideas on what we could do different or better. This is all geared towards you. So uh, check out those podcasts. We got this this one right here, the pregame or postgame podcast. We got the pregame podcast that drops later in the week. If you're interested in sports betting at all, uh, or even if you just want to hear what the uh, the Vegas lines are for the upcoming game, our newest podcast called Ragers. Uh, brought to you by Ray and Jared. Uh, break down the those that week's uh, betting lines, and they walk you through them. I'm not sure what they were this week. I have to find out. Uh, in week one, they were four, one, and one. So they definitely won some money, and they almost had the uh, another win there. But uh, Philip Lindsay went out at halftime. He was about eight yards short of getting his over there on that betting line. So those guys are awesome. Uh, that that comes out on uh, Saturday late mornings, mid afternoons. Uh, so you guys hear that and go in on those betting lines if uh, if you want to see what those guys are betting. 
So check those guys out. Of course, we have our Monday night uh, Orange Weekly After Dark show, Tuesday flagship show, Bourbon Broncos, no BS, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, and then we have our pregame show and our halftime hash show during game days. Uh, so we got a lot of that. And then today, if you guys missed it, David and I did uh, call the game live from Colorado Cork and Keg here in Castle Rock, Colorado. Uh, we're going to be doing that again on October 11th, and we'll give you guys more information through the shows and other advertisements. But Colorado Cork and Keg right there in Castle Rock, Colorado, off the highway uh, next to McDonald's there at the Wolfensburger exit. Anyone from Colorado probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so if you want to come visit those guys, tell them Orange Weekly sent you, you can get half off your first drink. Uh, so we'll be back there in a couple weeks. And of course, Colorado State Insurance Agency is also sponsoring us. So for any of your insurance needs, homeowners insurance, health insurance, life insurance, those guys are the ones to go to. Uh, and I'll get you their number here in just a second. But you can search them up also just uh, Colorado State Insurance Agency, 303-839-0554. Give them a call. Uh, small business, but they will give you all the personalized attention that you'll never get from uh, pretty much any other big organization. So <laughs> fantastic stuff. I appreciate you guys all uh, listening to that. And, uh, um, you know, we're on, to, we're on to week three now, man, believe it or not. On to week three, bring on uh, Brady and Gronk and the, and the Buccaneers in the town. Uh, got some. We will have some fans in the stadium, I think. What was 5,000 some a little over 5,000. So yeah. it's a start. It's a start. Um, that'll, that'll be exciting. Should be a beautiful day. And, uh, yeah. hopefully the Broncos get their first one in the season. Hey, here's hoping. Yep. Right, look, we're, we're on to, uh, um, beat Tampa, beat the bucks, beat, beat the bucks, a team I usually don't care about, but this year uh, I do cause Brady's on them. So beat Brady, if anything, just beat, beat Brady. I don't care yep. what team they're on. Just beat Brady. <laughs> Keep a bad record at uh, Denver going. Cause that's the only yes. place he seems to struggle, struggle. So. Yep. hundred percent. I think there's only one left, one thing left to do. And that's a, as always go Broncos, go Broncos. Take care, everyone. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.